Hey parents, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And today, we're going to turn our attention to girls, and we're going to talk about girls uh, for the next couple episodes. We haven't had enough conversation about our daughters, and so we're excited to dive into some of the great experiences you're having with your daughters and some of the challenges you're having with your daughters. Uh, Michael, thanks for joining us, as always. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, before we dive in, why don't we take just a couple minutes and thank our sponsors. We always want to do this right at the beginning because we wouldn't be here without them. And of course, uh, one of our long-term sponsors has been Dr. Greg Jantz and his staff up there at the Center of Place of Hope in the Seattle area. And we say this every time, if you ever are going through some sort of crisis, emotional crisis, uh, psychological crisis, it's a good place to start. Greg writes a book a year on all of these things, from anxiety to eating disorders, and uh, I highly recommend him. I know Michael does, too. He's a good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Place of Hope, and you can find their link on our website, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And then we're excited about our new sponsor. We've been talking about them for a couple of weeks. Michael, why don't you reintroduce us to them? Yes. Yes, our new sponsor is The Forge School, which is a therapeutic boarding school for boys, uh, boys who are having issues. Um, a, a lot of the uh, developmental trauma is something that they work in a lot, uh, but also boys, you know, OCD, uh, ADD, ADHD, uh, behavioral issues in other schools. Uh, so if folks go to our website, they'll see the link to the Ford School, and then you can see what they're doing. They're on 55 acres abutting a river um, in Tennessee and just gorgeous. Uh, so it's a it kind of, it's all the academic, you know, it's a school, so it's academic, it's everything you would expect in a school, uh, but also it's it, it's adventure-based, so they're doing a lot of kinesthetic, spatial, tactile, you know, the, a lot of the learning is what we call boy-friendly, and I've been working with them on that, so I'm honored to do that. So it's the Forge School. Uh, it takes boys uh, 13 to 17, and it's on our website, wonderofparenting.com. Very, very good. Well, thanks to both of our sponsors. So uh, most of the questions that we get, and we've said this over and over again in our podcast, most of the questions we get have to do with boys. And part of the reason for that is because boys have been so underserved in our culture in terms of people talking about them and trying to understand them. But that doesn't mean that our girls don't matter, and they matter a lot. And several months ago, we did a recording set aside to boys called Helping Boys Thrive. And thought it would be a good time today to do one on helping girls thrive. And this is a chance for us to sort of touch base on some of the things that we've talked about when it comes to girls in the past. For those who are new to the podcast, it's a chance for us to reset the table a bit and talk about some of the important issues for our daughters. So I think this is going to be a great episode today. And uh, Michael has raised two daughters. I'm sure we'll hear about that. I've raised a daughter. I've got a couple granddaughters. So we care passionately about our daughters and our granddaughters and about your girls. So, Michael, let's just start with some broad strokes. If if someone were to ask you, which I'm going to do right now, (laughs) what are three major issues that our daughters, our girls are dealing with today? Uh, what, What comes to mind for you? Well, gosh, I'm I'm gonna um, save one of what I would call those big five, uh, to, to, which is uh, self-image, 
um, societal pressure on self-image and appearance. We're going to save that because we're going to do, someone has asked a question about that. I would put that in my top group, but I want to save that for next okay. time because we're going to do a whole episode on that. Uh, so then what I would say is, is the increase in anxiety and depression among our daughters over the last 10 to 15 years. I think that's a, a key thing to look at. And, and we'll do that now. Um, also, uh, girls in school, you know, obviously girls as opposed to boys are flourishing in school right now, except that some of the ways in which math, science, what we later will call STEM, are being taught are not actually working as well for their brains as as um, as we would like. So that girls and STEM is an area to discuss um, of brain difference. And then I and then a third thing I'm going to say is the digital life. Um, the way that digital life has taken over girls' lives over the last 10 to 15 years, that can cause all sorts of issues. So we want to be really careful with that. So those are, you know, top four, I guess, for me. Okay, so we've, we've got uh, girls and anxiety was the first one that you raised. And I'm intrigued when you say, especially over the last 10 to 15 years, what's going on? Well, I think uh, I think some of it's going to be related to the digital, but some of it is is related to multitasking and and stress on the brain. So let me just talk a little bit. You know, already kind of at a baseline. So we know everyone can get anxiety, of course, males, females, everyone. Um, but at a baseline, we're going to tend to see more anxiety in girls because they're already. Um, uh, using more white matter activity, they're already taking in so much data, they're already thinking more about what another person thinks of them, uh, they're ruminating more about what other people think about them, you know, let's pick a nine-year-old, let's pick a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, I think anyone will will recognize this, that they, they, are, they take in more facial cues than boys do, they take in more social cues, and they ruminate more about it, so um, they can you know, that already at a baseline sets them up to be thinking, well, that person doesn't like me, you know, what am I doing wrong? Am I fat? You know, what is it? All this stuff that increases their anxiety. We want to remember that anxiety does, uh, the potential for an anxiety disorder, which is more severe than just baseline anxiety, uh, an anxiety disorder, you know, that comes in on the genome. So, so the genome has markers for that, for that particular girl, and then trauma triggers her or, you know, a decade of multitasking, stress and anxiety triggers that, and then she ends up getting anxiety uh, as a disorder. Uh, but for a moment, I'm going to put that over here in, you know, on the left, and I want to just look at just this baseline anxiety that's going up for them, for girls. And that, that is all this stimulation with imagery and with what people think of her and with whether she's good or bad, whether she's nice, not nice, whether she's in the in crowd or not in the in crowd, you know, all of that stuff is uh, creating a lot of anxiety for girls. And it does relate to the digital, but I'm going to keep that separate. So um, what are some things that parents uh, who are especially raising daughters, what are some things they need to look for? that says, okay, my daughter's being overstimulated, she's anxious, and then what are some things that they can do to help her? Uh, well, the anxiety itself should, uh, in terms of sort of diagnosing it or seeing it, uh, should show up in, I'll give three things, could be more than this, probably are going to see excessive rumination, so probably going to see a lot of constantly self-talking and talking to others about whether she's liked 
not liked, you know, and who, what did so-and-so do to her and what did so-and-so other person do to her? What did she do back? Um, you know, there's going to be that kind of rumination and conversation around that rumination. Uh, we might see that. A second thing we might see is we, we could actually see her if she's moving toward a disorder. We could see her pulling away, you know, isolating, pulling away, um, just finding everything too overwhelming. And so she just pulls back, pulls back from school, pulls back from relationships because they're so overwhelming. Um, a third thing we might see is is alteration in um, other habits like sleeping, eating, you know, those sort of baseline habits for a healthy life. We start seeing them alter. She's not sleeping enough. Um, she's not eating well. She's not getting exercise, uh, you know, so we could see it there. And, and uh, what are some things then that, that parents are going to want to do to help them when they discover that their daughter is, is getting into this pattern now? You, you've talked in the past about this rumination cycle, some things we can do with that. Um, we'll probably talk a lot next week about uh, diet and so on when it comes to body image. But what are some things just that parents can do with their daughters to help them build good habits to help them overcome these moments or these long experiences of anxiety? Well, yeah, sleep is, is one I, I want to talk about a lot. I mean, you just, uh, this is going to be true also for depression or anything else, you know, make sure they're getting the right amount of sleep. So if we're, if we're dealing with, say, an, I'll pick some age groups, an eight-year-old, you know, we'd like to see her getting 10, uh, nine to 10 hours of sleep. And so make sure that there's good sleep hygiene in place, which simply means going to sleep at the same time, getting up at the same time, you know, weekends might vary, but on school nights, um, setting those patterns, um, not, you know, not drinking a lot or eating a lot right before bed, if that keeps that brain awake, you know, f figuring out what keeps that brain awake and not doing that for an hour or two before bed and um, even teaching mindfulness, meditation, and if, if they're religious, then prayer, you know, before bed or or in the evening, you know, these sort of habits that can quiet the mind. Um, and sleep, of course, nine to ten hours of sleep can quiet the mind. So uh, I would I would look at sleep. Uh, certainly look at at diet. And and if you want, yeah, let's save that for next week. But diet is is going to be a big one. Nutrition. Um, make sure this child is getting a couple hours of exercise a day. I'll pick, let's say, 13 now. Definitely make sure that child, that girl, is getting a couple hours of exercise per day. That's going to help. Um, it's it, Exercise is actually really great for the brain, anxiety, depression, et cetera. It's really good. Uh, and then, of course, if you have worries that your child has an anxiety disorder, like if this is going beyond uh, your interventions as a parent are going within two or three weeks, you're not able to really help with it. Um, you know, I would say look at counseling get some help and especially if the child is is older not five but you know 10 or older puberty pre-puberty or older um you know meds meds might really be something you look at carefully and you also would look with with uh, a doctor or a naturopath at um supplements and other things that are specifically targeted to help uh girls with anxiety this episode is brought to you by shopify Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. 
With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Talk a little bit about this rumination loop before we move on to the STEM thing, because um, that's such an intriguing one for me. Uh, because I I wasn't aware of it when I was raising my daughter. I became aware of it uh, in my uh, working with you. And then when I look back, I said, oh, yeah, okay, that's what that was. So talk a little bit about the rumination loop and and how parents uh, can proactively help their daughters develop ways to break out of that loop. Yeah, the rumination loop is a is this connection that happens between these emotive centers in the midbrain, like the amygdala, that are feeling the feeling, like someone has some, said something nasty to my daughter. Let's say I'll pick uh, Davida on this one. I have two daughters, Gabrielle and Davida. So someone said something nasty to Davida. Um, she takes it in to the midbrain, and you know the, the sensory register takes it in the the. The facial cues, the rolled eyes, all this mean stuff, let's say, that the person said to her and did with her. And then it goes into the sort of the midbrain and then it, it gets parsed around, right, because the brain's trying to handle it. So a rumination loop is where where that part of the midbrain connects it to just slightly higher, the cingulate uh, cortex, the anterior cingulate gyrus, that part of the brain that focuses on it. And, and so now it loops up to that. Uh, or it goes up to that, and then that part focuses on it, you know, what's that about? What did I do? What did she do? She's mean, all of that. And then it loops back to the emotion center. So when it loops back to the emotion center, right, it's just building. The emotion is just building. So then it goes back up to the cingulate cortex that thinks about it, and that goes on and on and on, and it can go on and on and on for days. What we'd like is to ruminate on it, think about it, for an hour and then you know we'd like that brain to be able to go hmm well let's see uh uh you know if it was bullying that was bullying we need to handle that but generally it's not bullying generally it's sort of nastiness or meanness what do i do with that well i'm not going to care about that she was in a bad mood you know or something but it doesn't you know often especially in that sort of um eight nine to 16 17 age group uh that rumination just goes on and on and on so what what i always suggest parents do is use a bi-strategic approach uh which is you know one strategy and, and multi-strategic too if the child has many caregivers like grandmas grandpas aunts uncles everyone has their strategy for dealing with this um so basically the bi-strategic is someone is going to just listen like this child is just going to talk to us and and one of the parents is just going to listen for a long period of time and the child is looping 
you know, and you can hear it because the child will say something and then, and it was very, very emotional, and then the child will still uh, repeat herself and then say it again and repeat herself and add new details and be tangential. And, you know, one person just listens and reflects back and says, yeah, man, that was really hard. I'm so sorry. Um, and that the other parent is using a different approach, which is you let the child, um, you know, express how she's feeling. But then, then as you hear the repetition, you know that most of the emotion now is gone. So what you do is you, you interrupt or you say, okay, how do we problem solve that? And what should we do about that? And, and what's the reality check? Was there really something wrong with you or was she just in a bad mood, right? And, and if you have a combination of these things, you have someone who's just, just so great at just listening and reflecting back, and then you have someone else who's so great at the problem solving, I think that's a, um, you know, that bi-strategic parenting approach is an easy approach for parents to take to handle all this basic rumination loop stuff that's going to go on for, you know, maybe a decade. And some women would say, hey, I'm 50 and I still do it. So, <laughs> you know, but it, but where it's really emotionally charged is in that kind of 9, 10, pre-puberty, puberty into sort of mid-adolescence. So if it's, if it's just you, if it, you're a single mom or a single dad, and you, you've, you've got it, these two strategies, uh, does it help the daughter to say, okay, hon, we're going to sit down now. I'm going to set the timer. I'm going to give it 30 minutes and we're just going to, I'm just going to listen to you and you just get it out. And then at 30 minutes, we're going to figure out what to do about it. Or, or is that a good strategy for a girl or do you just sort of do it without saying? Well, I think every parent should trust themselves on this, mm -hmm. but I, but I like how you've laid that out for, for, for me, if I were, a single dad, let's say, I would not probably do 30 minutes before I interrupted. Um, you know, <laughs> I would, because I think that's a long time and I yeah. think the emotion yep. is going to be discharged already. And the, the key to think about is that she is, she is very, very emotional. Um, and we need to respect the way her brain is pulling in all this emotive data and then trying to verbalize it and she's in a process of doing that and if we cut it off too early like at one minute then first of all she's not going to listen to anything we say uh, because she's still in her emotive state she's just going to feel disrespected and she's not going to feel heard she's not going to feel validated and what those emotions need is for us to validate so we as parents each of us has to figure out what that time frame is I I think 30 is probably too long. I could be wrong for a particular girl, but I think it's probably too long unless they're in a counseling session. Um, I think, uh, you know, maybe five to 10 minutes, somewhere in okay. there that the single parent would, and what the single parent would want to start looking for, and everyone can listen for, is the repetition. Uh, what, what generally will happen is that there's a rush of talking about these feelings and, and what happened. And then, um, you know, then you hear, you start hearing repetition of the details. Here's what she did. Here's what I felt. And, and I, what I do is I give a three times. I wait for this, that, that one. I wait beyond that one and go, okay, that's number two. I've now heard that for a second time. And then once I hear it the third time, that's when I interrupt. Uh, because then I know that, that, that emotion has pretty much dissipated. If she's repeating, she, a lot of that's gone, or enough of the emotion has been validated by me listening and reflecting back and saying, "Boy, that you know, boy, that didn't feel good." You know, uh, enough of that has happened so that by, I'd say around five to ten minutes, I'm in the third repetition, 
um, you know, and then I would interrupt. Now, we want to remember that if the child has been severely traumatized, mm -hmm. this timeline I just laid out is not correct. Right. You know, if the child is severely traumatized, you know, we're looking at counseling, we're looking at a whole different way of doing it. But for basic stuff, I, I think that's a good rule. So is that something then you can teach your daughter to say, hey, hon, when you when you find yep. yourself in this loop, set your timer, give yourself this amount of time to just ruminate, and then take out your pencil and pen or whatever and start jotting out a strategy for what you're going to do. Yeah, and then the child, uh, I did that with my daughters, and then they developed their own uh, time frame, you know, with some things. Uh, and I always suggested they journal if they could. And one of my daughters really liked journaling. The other didn't so much. But uh, it's something to suggest. And then, and then if they're writing... Then it might take more than five, 10 minutes, right? Because writing right. slows the process down and brings up all sorts of other stuff, which is part of why it's so great. Uh, but then at a certain point, yeah, they've written it out and they know when they've written it out because they're kind of breathing differently and they're like, okay, yeah, I think that's it. And then at that point, then it can switch to what am I going to do? Which is all a part, of course, of helping our daughters thrive. Um, and mature. Yeah. And mature, yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, we got to always remember that, that this is maturation. They, they, we don't want them to be 20. And, um, and for just a basic little thing that has happened to them to be ruminating about it for three days, that's not a mature woman. That's not a mature man. I mean, that's just not a mature person. When something small has happened and you ruminate about it for all that time, and, and and then it affects all your other relationships, you know? I mean, now let's go to 30. Let's say I'm a woman and I'm married to someone and I'm ruminating about stuff that's very small that happened with someone else, you know? And then, and that's really taking up my emotional life. And I'm not really attending to these other people or even to my own personal growth. So, so we have a lot of good, the Minds of Girls has a lot of the good primary research on the danger of rumination loops. And uh, if, don't, if folks don't have the Minds of Girls and you have daughters, I think you'll love that book. And I have a lot in there about the new research over the last 10, 15 years that's showing that our concept of 30 years ago, let's say, or our pop concept, which is just everyone, girls, boys, everyone, they should just talk about their feelings all the time and, and uh, never stop them, that that's in fact not good maturation. That does not teach resilience. And um, so we need to do stuff that's a little more common sense with them. Is there a difference then between uh, rumination and girl drama? Um, rumination, it's, it's very connected. You've, you've raised a really good point because what happens is they have their dramas, right? Um, we're going to call them girl drama because that's the pop concept. Uh, or relational aggressions. And these things happen, and they're natural to child development. Um, you know, dramas are natural to the development of children, especially adolescents. And they, they create them, and others create them, because they're trying to teach each other boundaries and resilience. And that's why they exist. Now, we've done other shows on it, so I'll just say that real quickly. But, but um, they happen, and then part of what the girls do in response to the drama is to ruminate about it. So, yes, they're directly connected. Got it. Well, we, we spend a lot of, you know, most of our time on this particular point because it's such an important one for our girls. And uh, next week when we get together, we're going to talk about body image, which is going to take us into some of the other issues. Uh, I know that you mentioned another important issue for our daughters is STEM, and we have done some episodes on that before. So just give us a quick overview of some of the things that we want to be thinking about when it comes to our daughters and that part of their education. 
Okay. Well, and before I do that, just before we forget, I want to say that the third one, the digital one, I keep yep. hinting that it's connected. Let me just connect it, and then I'll go yeah, to STEM. Yes, good. Thank you. Or are you... Or, yeah, no, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, because one of the things, I was going to wait to say it, but one of the things that is crucial with girl drama, rumination, loops, anxiety, female anxiety, depression, uh, is to curtail digital life. Uh, digital life, and that's that's that kind of last 10, 15 years why we're seeing such an uptick. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons we're seeing such an uptick is digital life. Girls are spending too much time on social media too early. Uh, so if you can wait till 13 or 14 to give them a smartphone, you should, and you can, <laughs> you can, um, and I'll just beg you to do it because, because there's, then you cut out two hours of social media, digital time a day hmm. if they don't have the smartphone, wow. um, uh, right? Because once they get the smartphone, they just start doing all sorts of stuff through the smart smartphone and that overstimulates them, you know, and you have a nine-year-old with a smartphone, you're just setting that child up. Um, will every nine-year-old has a smartphone become a depressed, anxious girl? No, no. Everything is statistical, but but you're setting her up for problems later because her brain is not ready for that stimulation. It's not ready for what's coming in at her, and the likes and the dislikes and all of that. It's not ready for that. So, so digital life is one of the reasons we do have more anxiety, depression, and and that the rumination loops um, turn into more drama. Because what happens is they ruminate about it, and then they go onto their smartphone and they tap something back to the other girl, and then that creates more drama, you know. And then that person taps something back, right? And and back and forth, back and forth. And now you're into five days of this drama, and then it maybe could become cyberbullying. So, so just let me say that. Now, in terms of the girls and STEM, um, luckily we've done episodes on that, but I, you know, I wouldn't mind doing another one at some point. Because mm-hmm. it just we just keep getting such interesting new research about it. The main point I'll make in our short time is that um, we're making great inroads with girls in STEM. We really are um, in terms of K through 12 education and then into college. But we still have the famous uh, gap in technology and engineering. Once people actually get in the workplace, where you have you know 20% female engineers, 80% male, there are brain reasons for that. And um, we can do another show on it if we want. And yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let's do that. Shall we just do that and yep. I won't go into yep. it now? Yeah, that way people have to come back. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. We've set you up. Yep. Okay, but, yeah. But we, what we you. can do is we can, uh, again, you you do a whole big thing on that in Minds of Girls. Oh, yeah. my I'll share what's in Minds of Girls and then go into even newer research. But the Minds of Girls has caught up the research. You know, it's my latest book, and, and you'll see, people will see amazing research on how males use more gray matter activity and females use more white matter activity and that, how that affects the way STEM works in our brains, but also how we're going to need to alter the way we teach in, in pre-K through 12 if we want to get the gains for girls in technology and engineering that we want. So, yes, we'll hold that over. All right, so uh, I want to come back to just a couple things in as we we close out because th- this whole thing about uh, anxiety and rumination for our daughters is so important to help them as they're maturing. I, I read uh, at the other day uh, a, a it was a blog a blog post on um, social media, and this person who lives in that world said basically social media is created to create outrage in people. And uh, I thought that was really interesting, particularly now in these political seasons. Uh, you know, it seems like every post is outrage. But it does say something about what our, our daughters are experiencing in the digital world, in the social media world, where we have this somewhat a layer between us 
and the other person called the screen. And we don't filter ourselves very well. And I'm wondering if there are some things that we can teach our daughters in terms of communicating their emotions that does put filters on them that allows them to be honest, but not always necessarily hurtful or even outrageous. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've read that as well about the outrage. And I mean, I think that person was trying to make that point. Uh, and, and, but social media isn't just about outrage. Right. 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 But, but the key thing there is, or, and the key thing is, it is about emotion. What it is trying to do is stimulate emotion. Hmm. It's uh, Twitter, for instance, is not trying to really create rational discourse or rational intellectual discourse. And that's built into the fact that you only allowed a certain amount of words. So what yep. you do is you go for emotion and and then you you uh, you know link to something that's going to create the emotion. So so that's what we have to teach our daughters that that life is best lived half emotion but half rationality and social media is only about the emotion. Hmm. So they so we need to teach them a few skills. One skill is uh, don't don't respond Give yourself, you know, five to ten minutes before you respond to something so you can really think about it. A girl said something to you. Don't respond for five or ten minutes. Uh, uh, she tweeted something or someone tweeted something. Don't respond for five to ten minutes. In other words, just look at it, process it, take it into the self, you know, um, and then let the self the core self, who I am as my, as I'll call myself Michelle right now, who I am as Michelle, you know, take it into that self rather than just being reactive, which doesn't involve myself. I just have a quick emotive reaction. What I want to be as a mature person is I want to, I want to have a self and, and get a sense of who I am and how, who I am, my life purpose, what I mean to the world, how that's going to respond to this thing. And then that will combine emotion passion with rationality and intellect and and i think ultimately that's what we need to teach our daughters which obviously our skills are going to need to take with them uh wherever they go as adults whether it's in the workforce it's home or both relationships those are such important skills that we all need to learn that we seem to not know so well in this digital world yeah yeah i think that's well everyone knows we all agree that's what we're losing Yep. Uh, and we need to get that back. Digital life can exist. You know, it's not an evil. It can exist. But we have to control it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well, so I think what we're going to do next week, uh, we're going to do uh, a uh, listener's question on body image. And uh, it's a really heartfelt question and, a, and an important one. And then because you brought it up, Michael, I think the following week, let's do STEM. So we're going to do a three-parter just for girls. Isn't that great? And um, so we're looking yeah. forward to that. And uh, again, a thank you to our sponsors, and you can learn more about them on wonderofparenting.com. I do want to encourage you, if you have not joined our Facebook community, to do so. If you just put in the search for Wonder of Parenting, uh, we've got about 650 people there, and um, we're, we're, we're finding that they're asking really important questions, and they're as parents, they're just taking turns answering for each other and giving insight. So it's been fantastic. And we encourage you to go there. It's free to get in and enjoy the conversations over there. So next week, uh, we hope you'll be back with us for Wonder of Parenting, episode number 117. We're going to talk about body image. Michael, thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Wonder of Parenting podcast.